0: All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome to worship. Joining us on our live feed, we're going to um, begin this morning with Psalm 136 and just the first couple verses, and then I'm going to pray to start off. Um, we are obviously back into a uh, mask living here in L.A., which is not where we wanted to be, um, but regardless of, regardless of what's happening in this world we are always confident that there is more happening than we can see, both in our lives and in the lives of the people around us and in this world in which we live. Um, actually, that's where we're going today in our sermon, in our message. We're going to be looking at 2 Kings 4. To start off with, listen to these words from Psalm 136 Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, his love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of gods, his love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord of lords. His love endures forever. You pray with me. Oh, Father, we're grateful today that we can join in, in many different ways in worship, whether from home or from here in the sanctuary. Lord, we, we give you thanks. Knowing that you are the creator of all things that have come to us as blessing in this past week. We thank you for, uh, for family, for the precious gifts that you've given to us, in form of uh, a spouse, children, parents, grandparents. Lord, thank you uh, for for friends that have come into our life and that can walk with us in our journeys. We thank you, Lord, that with each new day, new mercies come. And we pause now, We, we push the pause button on our lives to be here and to open our hands thanksgiving and you are the one who has given us each breath we take thank you Lord for for the gift of life not just now but this gift of life abundant and life eternal from your hand Lord are all good things and so we worship you now open our our lips once more to praise your name open our hearts once more to the glory In the magnificence of who you are but we worship you now in spirit and in truth in your name God Father Son and Holy Spirit Amen would you stand with us as we sing worship to God even if you're at home go ahead and stand up I know I heard someone say I think it was one of his sons that Nabil when he was still worshiping at home he would dress up as if he was coming to church (laughs) He would dress up as if he was coming to church. So no matter where you're worshiping now, let's take this moment seriously. Push the pause in our lives and worship the Lord of all things.
1: my song.
0: First John, his first letter reminds us if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. So let's lean into that and pray together. And Father, we do confess the ways which we have not this past week uh, been led by our, our emotions or our thoughts our our logic into the ways that you have given for us in fact there are ways in this past week in which we have we have been more harm than good uh, to ourselves to the people around us to the ones we love most to your creation so Lord in in this moment receive the humility of us bowing before you and asking for you to to set us back on on your paths of righteousness if we confess our sins says that you are faithful and just that you forgive us our sins that you purify us from all unrighteousness and so lord we also we give you we give you the glory now that we can we can be confident that you have cleaned us of all of of the stains that we have brought upon ourselves lord we we give you praise today for for sending your son into this world that that he might on our behalf uh, pay the price for those, for the way, things that we have done wrong. Lord, and in his resurrection, Lord, we stand now clothed in white. We stand now uh, being seen in his perfection. Lord, I pray that you would give us a renewed sense of of that fresh life, that, that life anew that you have won for each one of us. Lord, as we continue to, to struggle with questions of faith or, or who you are and what you've created for us to be, Lord, I pray that you continue to help us in our unbelief, that you continue to show us who you are, so that with each new day, we might be going down this journey of faith with you, following you, our Lord and Savior Jesus. In the name of God we pray, amen. Let's respond in song.
1: This is my story, you see. This is my song, praising my savior.
0: please feel free to have a seat. Uh, we're going to let any kids that want to head out with Pastor Christy, she'll take them right now out the back here and they'll have a special time. Are you going to come up for a prayer? Are you going back to that? You're going that way. Which way are you going? I think you want to go back with mom. Are you going? Okay. You're in charge. Like usual. We're going to be looking at 2 Kings 4 today. But just before we do, I want to put one date, circle a date on your calendars in about one month. I think it's the last Sunday in August. Let me check my calendar. Yeah, the 28th, 29th, uh, that weekend, we're going to be having a, uh, like, like a a party, like a barbecue party, block party type thing for our church. We'll be doing it outside. so number what, No matter what's happening with COVID, we'll be out here on the grass. Um, And it will be a chance for us to um, encourage anyone that's only been watching online and at home to come and have a good time with us in, um, in a setting that's outdoors. We'll get, uh, for families and kids, we're gonna have our jumper out, we'll be doing some water games. Um, I think the youth group is gonna be doing some, also uh, carnival style games for all the kids. And then um, we'll have a time also to hear the word and spend some time together. As, as a family, so that's the last weekend in August. If you can, don't plan that to be the weekend. You're taking your trip to Yosemite. If you can, take the trip to Yosemite the week before or the week after. And if anyone else is getting married in the church, you can't get married that weekend because we want to all be here for that. By the way, last weekend was amazing. Um, we all went up to um, Washington. And we were there for, I actually did the marriage for Corey and Alexa. And it was a beautiful thing. I'm not sure if you saw any pictures I was able to throw up there. But it was, it was beautiful. We, we were right in between heat waves and rain. So it was, it was a perfect time. So blessings on Corey and Alexa on that new step, new chapter in their life as they step into married life. With all the blessing and challenges that are ahead of them. We're going to now jump into 2 Kings chapter 4. Um, Guy, did you have that PowerPoint? Uh, I'm kind of worried he didn't get it. So I'm just going to read it straight from here. So 2 Kings 4, we're going to be at the end, at the end of this story, of this chapter. And it reads from verse 42. A man came from Baal shalishah bringing the man of God 20 loaves of barley bread baked from the first ripe grain, along with some heads of new grain. Give it to the people to eat, Elisha said. How can I set this before a hundred men, his servant asked. But Elisha answered, give it to the people to eat, for this is what the Lord says. They will eat and have some left over. Then he set it before them, and they ate, and had some left over, according to the word of the Lord." Let's pray. Father, we are opening your scriptures once more. And our our desire is that you would be speaking to us so that we can better understand what it is you're calling us to do and to be. We know that only from the power of your spirit can we open up your scriptures and that it might be something we understand to the point that that we are changed, that we are being invited into a new life, both now and forevermore. So Lord, we ask now that your word would enter into our minds and meditation of our hearts together would help us understand who you are, who we are, and what you have called us to be. In the name of your son, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Elisha now, for for some time, especially all through this chapter, has been the presence of God, has been the presence of God there amongst the people of Israel. There had been a time where there was a famine, and so in the previous stories here in chapter 4, it is... It is Elisha, who is God's presence, meeting the needs of the people. But over and over again, it's a a story of a miracle that Elisha does on behalf of God. John Calvin said, there's nothing more harmful than to fix our minds to our eyes. And instead of letting faith guide us, we let what only we can see dictate what we believe to be true. There's nothing more harmful than than using the senses that we have been given by the Lord to decide what is actually happening in the world. And that's what in chapter four, over and over again, God is showing his people through Elisha. Story after story of miracle in which Elisha shows up, often feeling like just in time. Isn't that often how the Lord works in our lives? Right when we think it's the darkest, the Lord shows up, and that's been the story. And we get to the end here in chapter 4, and there is a man who brings the first fruits of his crop to Elisha. Elisha had been serving like the pastor or the priest, and so the man brings it to Elisha, as God had asked and then when he does this, what does Elisha do with the first fruits? Does he take it for himself and put it off in his own house? He continues. He continues to be this miraculous presence of God. In the midst of this, of this famine, what does Elisha tell the man to do? Give it to the people. Give it to the people. Go set it before a hundred people. And what does the man say? How can I do this? How is this possible? Because with the amount of food that I have brought you, it's obvious, if you use your eyes, Elisha, it's obvious this will not be able to feed 100 people. It's obvious. In our lives, that's the main question that comes up. How can I and then fill in the blank? okay? How can I fix my marriage? How can I reset the rhythms in my family? Particularly here in COVID, where we've been locked up all together. I think for a lot of families, this has been the most challenging year since having kids or even in a marriage, because we've had no space. And we've had to be together nonstop. How, now now that we have done this for a year and a half, how can I, maybe it's reset some rhythms in our lives, For other people, the how can I is find a different job or how can I I work with my employer? How can I work with the people that I have around me in the workplace? How can I enter into a new career field or find what my career even is supposed to be? How can I move forward after finding out devastating news from my doctor? How can I move forward after losing someone that was so important in my life? Each of us, in different seasons of our life, we have a different way to fill in that sentence. How can I? And the most harmful thing that we can do is we can fix our minds, we can fix what we see is the potential in our life, only to our logic, only to what we see, only to what we've experienced. That's the most harmful thing we can do to ourselves. Because then we're leaving out all of what God has already come and told us about what's really happening in our world. There's another story of God asking, us to have a larger view when he has some um, food, and there's a lot of people before him. And it's found in Matthew 14. So let's go there together. Matthew 14. This is the famous story of Jesus feeding the 5,000. And you're going to see the parallel here. Um, Jesus was often confused with perhaps being Elijah come back to life because he did things like this that connected him directly to Jesus. Okay, so this is Matthew 14. I'm going to start in verse 13. When Jesus heard what had happened, by the way, what did Jesus just hear that had happened? His cousin, also his best friend, had just been murdered. He just lost someone that was such a dear friend to him and even a family member. So naturally, what would you expect someone to do when just finding this news out? Retreat, mourn, go before the Lord. When Jesus heard what had happened, he withdrew by boat, privately to a solitary place. Hearing of this, the crowds followed him on foot from the towns. And when Jesus landed and saw a large crowd... He had compassion on them and healed their sick. So Jesus is going away to be by himself and mourn. The people go ahead of him so desperate for him. And when Jesus sees them, even though he's in this hard moment in his life, which I know many of us, (laughs) the past year and a half, in some ways can identify with where Jesus is at here. When he sees the people, it says he has compassion. His heart breaks. And in the other gospel it talks about how jesus saw them as sheep without a shepherd he heals the sick as evening approached the disciples came to him and said this is a remote place and it's already getting late send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy themselves some food okay the disciples are using their brains this is good this is logic As the leaders of the church sit around a table, the session, we sit around and we we make decisions, a lot of times we're trying to use our heads. We put our heads together to figure out what's best for the people. The disciples have done this. They've been off on the side listening to Jesus preach. They're thinking about the needs of the people. It's getting late. They're gonna get hungry. They're in a remote place. There's no no Taco Bell, there's no McDonald's, there's no Chick-fil-A. They need to go back to the city. They need to go back to the city where they can find food. So they come to Jesus hey, we need to let these people go. If you keep preaching all day, they're just going to stay here and listen to you. We need to let them go back to the city so they can get some food. Jesus replied, they do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. You give them something to eat. I can imagine their heads are spinning. What on earth does Jesus expect us to do? Like, go grab a bunch of food and then have all these people Venmo us or something? Like, wh- how, what is the ask of Jesus right now? What type, of, what type of problem-solving, impossible task has he given us? And so they respond. We have here only five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. Bring them here to me, he said. as we have that question how am i going to move forward the most important thing that we can that we can say as a church is we have to bring that question to the lord i have absolutely no idea how to solve your problem today that back half of that question i, I I might be able to offer some advice to you, but I really don't have any of the details in how to solve your problems. But, but, I have something more important. The good news is I know exactly where you can go to find the answers. I don't pretend to have the answers, but as a church, what we do is we point to the one that we know is the Lord and Savior. We know the one who is the author of all things including the author of what comes next for each one of our lives. We have to bring our question to the Lord. And this is what happens. Bring them here to me, he said. He directed the people to sit down on the grass, and taking the five loaves and the two fish, and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks, and he broke the loaves. Then he gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the people. They all ate and were satisfied. The disciples picked up 12 baskets of broken pieces that were left over. Just like in the Elisha story, by the way, the number of those who ate was about 5,000 men besides women and children. If you had been one of the 5,000 people that day, who brought you the bread? The disciples. For the people who had been asked to sit in the groups, who did they, who would they have perceived was enacting this miracle? The disciples, the church. As the people were sitting there, it was, it was the church, it was the family of faith that were then able through the presence of God to minister to the world, to the people that were out there. As we take our questions, how am I, as we take those to the Lord, it's it's not just for us that the Lord will show himself. It's also the case that as the Lord works in our life, we then, we then get to be the conduit as of the church. We get to then be the conduit in how God is working in this world. When anyone asks, where is God in this world, it's messed up. Where is God in this world? The answer needs to be always the church. The church is God's enduring presence in the world now. Each one of us together in our commitment to be a family and to take our questions to the Lord, we get to be not only an example, but the very conduit through which the Holy Spirit is moving in this this world starting here in the West Valley, throughout Los Angeles. As you know, we've started this um, eco-LA church movement. We have our first first site starting up in uh, South LA, and starting in two weeks, our commission lay pastor cohort, the first one in Spanish for our denomination, is starting. It's because the Lord wants to use the church, use his church, to be his presence in the world right now. That's who we get to be. Now the questions, how can I, those have only intensified in the past year and a half. That almost every field right now, there's so much change and turnover because, because COVID has, has turned up the heat, has turned up the notch on all of our emotions, all of our thoughts. There's so much turmoil and questions. We need to model to our friends, to our family members, how we take those questions, how we take that big question mark in our life to the Lord. Because if we can model it and we can show it, is there a greater gift that we can offer to somebody? It's not that you're there to give them some sort of the the perfect word of advice. You are modeling to them how to take that question to God, how to take that question or that issue to the Lord. Instead of fixing our eyes and minds to what we can see, model and be the presence of God. Model how we can can fix our hearts and our minds, our emotions to our faith. To our faith that, that just as God has created all things In the past, just as God is sustaining each one of us now, have faith that through it all, come what may, that the Lord is also author of what comes next. And we can trust that, even if it requires miracles. Elisha. Elisha had been teaching the people over and over again in his time that Baal, that the false gods, that idols were not to be followed. That in fact, following the Baals and following the false idols of his time would only lead people down paths in which they would continue to hurt one another. In which they would be fixing their faith to something that was false. And he's calling them back to live in reality. That's the story of Elisha for us today is to call us back into living in reality. reality that God's presence is always there, is always around us, is always working in and through us, even when you cannot see it. Would you pray with me? Lord, we thank you that you rose up, Elisha, to be this example and to be your presence among your people, to be um, encouraging us to not fix our eyes to our minds or only understand the world by what we experience. Lord, we we ask now that um, your presence here among us would would, would be renewing our sense of faith that in this question mark of our life, as we are considering how we can move forward, that you would give us renewed confidence right now that you got this. Lord, I ask that you would give us the grace to release control over it we ask for the grace to be able to pray your will be done and at the same time ask for the grace that we would be flooded with peace that whatever you are offering is good Lord, I also want to pray for people around us that are going through these times of question that have the, the big challenge in front of them right now. It could be a, f- a family member that we know. Maybe it's a friend, a coworker. Lord, as a church right now, we want to pray for these people. As we're calling them to mind now, Lord, may, may you be working in such a way That they are being pointed to you and if lord it's us that could be used in some way to help them be oriented to you but i pray that you would use us lord here we are we open our hands asking that if it's us that could be the instrument in this person's life to turn them to you so that they could find the goodness in this peace then lord here i am send me and Lord, I do also want to pray for our children, for our youth. As they are, as they are being reared in, in the ways of you, Lord, our prayer is that you would continue to be watering their hearts in such a way that they, they can be coming to you even now with their questions. That they, as they mature as humans, that they can also be maturing in their faith. So they can come to you when, when the challenge comes, when, when they feel like they're in that tight spot. Lord, be the God of miracles in their lives now so that their faith can be bolstered. Oh, Father in heaven, bring down on us renewed faith and your presence with us in spite of it all. Amen.